This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. And good afternoon and welcome into the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWLAMFM.com and always free on the Odyssey app along with former LSU Fighting Tiger quarterback Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. We're getting you set for LSU and Florida today in the swamp. And, Herb, as you well know, you are a part of this rivalry and had a big impact in this rivalry in, what, 1997. But you know this rivalry in general has a lot of quirks and a lot of wild moments. A lot like we talked about with LSU and Auburn, this LSU-Florida matchup is one that has a lot of history. Absolutely. It's one of those deals where you never know what's going to happen at any point in time. And the teams, you know, it's kind of crazy because it's kind of crazy because it's like we've seen Florida be really, really great, right? Uh Uh-huh. All the time, especially in the, in the Spurrier uh, times and, and era, if you will, and then with Urban coming on, but it seems always, always to me as though the talent level was very matched up very well, and so that's why I think these games get so crazy, quirky, and all these different things because they, the, the the athletic ability of both teams is always there. Now it was times where Steve Spurrier was just a better coach, you know, and yeah. then Urban Meyer at the same time whenever he had his little run. But but any other time other than that, every, everything is almost equally balanced. And I was doing some history, uh, some reading about the history of this rivalry. 1997, mm-hmm. tell us about that moment Great against Florida. Wonderful, wonderful moment. Uh, great time. I mean, it's one of those things that's etched in my mind as far as what we, what we did to prepare for that game the week of. And I think that's what really stood out to me. The game was great. The final score was great. But how we prepared before that game was even better because – Weeks before, um, you know, we coach Coach D would run us in the ground. Like meaning practice would be four, four and a half hours long, um, nine on seven. You got full gear on. I mean, you you know, you're just you're just in, in, you know you're you're in Louisiana heat. Even though it was September, October, it still was hot, and um, and he just worked us way too hard. But <clears throat> that game, he pulled back the reins a little bit. You know what he did was he said, okay, guys, we're gonna go two and a half hours, and we're only gonna do shells all week, and then. On the defensive side, he would st- we were rotating first team and second team and even some third team guys in almost every other play or so. And that was even better, too. So at the end of the day, I think that the approach to practice uh, and allowing us to get our legs underneath us, as they say, was the thing that really helped us get over the hump against that Florida game. And there was the um, 2016 hurricane delay. Uh, there was also people don't realize. Yep. There was actually another hurricane prior to uh, 2016 that caused a similar disturbance. It's Hurricane Hilda. Uh, this was back, I, th- I want to say, in, gosh, I think in the 40s, 50s. Okay. 
um, maybe even sooner than that. One in particular moment uh, in the 70s, uh, LSU had a quarterback, last name of Field, his first name escapes me. It's online. I wrote the whole history of the, of the rivalry. But uh, his last name was Field. He was a quarterback for LSU, and he was using a wristband mm-hmm. to call plays. Yeah. <laughs> and Florida sent basically what is today a zero blitz, right, yep. casino, and brought the house. Yep. And uh, in the pile of the sack, they sacked him. Somehow a Florida player managed to take the wristband off of the quarterback, and LSU couldn't do anything after that offensively. So my point is this. This is, you hear the term uh, beg, borrow, and steal, whatever? Whatever it is. That's what you got to do in this LSU-Florida rivalry. And that's if you got to steal, steal. That's what's going to happen tonight. Yeah. I mean, you got two equally equal teams, if you think about it. The record is very similar. They both have brand-new coaches. Two-and-a-half-point spread. That's right, two-and-a-half-point spread. Um, the, the only difference is I, when Florida needs to score points against Tennessee, they score points. And I don't know if – I don't know what offense LSU is going to – today so if we can't score points that's going to be very difficult for us but i do think that um our defense should be able to stifle florida's offense if you will but however we don't know we don't know yeah. what's going to happen yeah there might be a shoe thrown there may be fog you that's know maybe one. a hurricane I, I mean i don't know yeah the shoe throw can't forget that one from yeah. two seasons ago mm-hmm. Cade york nail on a 57 yard field goal to win it yep uh, in the fog that was a wild game um yep. I, I guess what Herb and I are trying to communicate to you, the audience that are going to be watching or listening to this game tonight, expect zany, expect weird, mm. expect wild. Don't don't wonder if it's going to happen or, or when it's going to happen. It's a matter of that it's going to happen. It's not going to be, it might happen. No, something wild and weird is going to happen, just like last year. Uh, they had already announced that Coach O was leaving. He's done, right. And who's the running back uh, that ran for – ran uh, when, Wild on on the Gators. Um, Ty Davis Price. Yeah, no, Ty? I don't. Think, I don't think it was. Ty. Maybe it was. But my point is yeah, that Ty Davis Price. The unexpected is what should be ex- the expected against Florida today, and that includes uh, LSU exploding on offense. We may just end up scoring sixty points tonight for some reason. Not out of the realm of possibilities. <laughs> you know what I'm it's just not. Yeah, I mean, I it is. Yeah, it, it is. But that's why it would be wild and zany. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, look, I'm with you, Herb. I. I've seen enough from this defense. And granted, last week we talked about it. That Tennessee offense is something else. It's second in the country. Uh, but yeah. defensively, I've seen enough to go, all right, well, the week before, LSU beat Auburn because of their defense. The defense right. At one point this season, LSU's never really come to the rescue of this football team. The the, the offense, you mean, right? The, did I say defense? Yeah, the you offense. LSU, yeah. But, so here's the thing with last week. The defense played great. They played well enough to win that game. The problem is they were on the field way too long. Yeah. LSU was going three and out, three and out, three and out, putting the defense back on the field. So you can't do that and expect these guys to hold that offense to 20 points, if you will. Um, that being said, yeah, I agree. It's time now for the offense to step up. And it's weird because when you look at the numbers, the offense doesn't look bad as far as numbers are concerned. Yeah. You know, I think the numbers are like – I think we're averaging like 513 – yards per game as an offense, and I think we had like 270 passing yards per game. A lot of those are garbage. I was about to say that. Yeah. And then, you know, 180 yards rushing or whatever. But those yards came from at the hands of, what, Florida? Um, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Southern University, yeah. uh, New Mexico, and somebody. I can't remember who else. Uh, Mississippi State maybe. Yeah. But outside of that, I mean, we're not doing anything. We have to be able to do our part on offense in regards to 
scoring points, keeping the ball, keeping Florida's offense off the field, and then, you know, moving the chains. It's so important to move the chains um, to continue to sustain drives. And being creative on offense is something that I'm looking for tonight. I hope we could put Booty in all kind of different formations and run him around the field, get the ball in his hands, one-on-one, uh, isolate neighbors, uh, you know, spread the ball out, spread the field out a little bit, run in between the gaps, if you will. I don't know, but I'm looking for something. Yeah, I, our biggest gripe last week was, and I think, honestly, Herb, it starts with a guy who's under center. And, and, and I don't think – I think he's just either incapable or unwilling to fully go through his progressions. I think he yeah. – it's a one read, and maybe he doesn't trust his offensive line. I don't know. But it, it's it's been frustrating to watch. Well, it's been frustrating to watch. Well, here's the thing. The thing is, yeah, you're right. When you're asking him to slow the game down, um, drop back five, you know, five step drop back, whatever you want to call it, and scan the field and deliver the ball to the wide open receiver or, or something like that. Not going to happen. But what you can do for him is allow him to get to the line of scrimmage fast, call the plays very quickly, not allow him to think about what's going on and just react and play the football. He's done very well in two minute uh, uh, offenses all year long. Incorporate that into your normal offense. Some tempo, kind of a little up tempo. Up the tempo. Um, you know, call more simpler plays. Um, you know, the formations could help as well to get the guys one-on-one in certain aspects and certain situations. One thing he did do last week that I did like, he, he did throw the ball a couple times into, I want to call it coverage, but one-on-one and try to give the receiver an opportunity to make a play. I did enjoy that. Yeah, he, he much less less risk-averse. Uh, we, we saw the week before, the weeks before, that he didn't put too many balls to chance. Could LSU um, offensively do him a favor and get him out of the pocket on some nakeds or some or, or some rollouts to kind of make that cut those reads in half? Maybe you're reading half the half field, half the field, quarter the field, whatever. You know, I mean, I think you need to figure something out. Yeah. Because <laughs> apparently everything else is working when you're playing against the the likes of Tennessee, if you will. So, you know, look, and and we're being very critical on this team, and this team is four and two. But that doesn't really mean anything because we're about to go through the gauntlet of the season right now. So we can easily be, you know, four and whatever, right? In the next three games, it's, it's not right. out of the realm of possibilities to be four and five. Yeah, that's right. Because, right. you know, if you lose today, I don't know that you're going to beat Ole Miss, and I don't think you're going to beat Alabama, although Alabama should have their hands full today with Tennessee. Yeah, that's right. I agree. But that's that's the point. The point is we're four and two. We played decent football when we needed to play decent football. We played horrible football when we need to play really good football. And so I don't know exactly what team we are. I don't think there's an identity right now on this team. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing if today can catapult them to a different realm in their, their, their football team. I think the one thing that they can hang their hat on is on the defensive side of the football. In particular, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in particular, I think that secondary is better than maybe we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and, and along with the linebacking play as well. I, I think there was a lot of unknowns, Herb, a lot of question marks there. But I think they've answered some of them. Well, I think the defense in, as a whole has answered the bell um, throughout the season. Even when it looked like they, they didn't do well against Florida State, they held Florida State when the, the time was right. Even against Tennessee, um, you know, they, they played very – I thought they played very well against the top offensive scoring team in the, in the country. And that being said, when you start breaking it down by position, the cornerbacks or the DBs, are playing well within what they're being coached to do. I think there's one missing aspect to the DBs, and I told you this before and I'll say it again. 
they don't high point the ball. They don't find the ball whenever the ball is in the air. They're playing the receiver's eyes and hands and trying to make a play, which is why you see so many penalties or lack thereof interceptions or whatnot. Because a lot of co- I've seen at least five or six plays where there could have been clear-cut interceptions had the DB just turned his head to find the ball. Yeah, that's yeah. it, literally. Now that being said, you know, early on in the season we lost Mason Smith to a devastating injury after the season in the end, and. The guys behind him stepped up. That defensive line, that front seven, has played very, very well against the run and rushing the quarterback as well. Um, Ojolari is just awesome. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. He's, He's got awesome. Sunday written all over He's him. He's got Sundays, Mondays, <laughs> Thursday, Thursday nights, yeah. all of them written all over him. He'll and play in the league. That's right. And this young kid, Hal Perkins, is coming up to of age. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's starting to show why he is that five-star uh, recruit that he was. And, you know, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, Greg Brooks, Jr., has been playing lights out at safety. He's been playing lights out. I, I love what he does. I love I, I love the way he plays. I love the energy that he brings. Jay Ward's been doing very well. So, you know, I think as a whole, the defense is, is holding their part. They're doing their own. Yeah. They can't, but they can't do everything. They can't score points as well as win the game or hold a team to, to 15 points or less, if you will, and try to win the game. Uh, just case in point, Auburn, where LSU scored on defense, yeah, you're not gonna win. You're not. You can't. That's not a reasonable expectation every week to get that. You know, the offense has got to do their part. Their part at some point. Well, Auburn was not a good offensive no. football team no. when we played them. No. He's Herb. I'm Christian. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. NFL and college football analyst Mike Detillier is up next, right here on the home of the LSU Fighting Tigers. WWL. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines are open at five zero four. Two six zero one eight seventy. Herb, as I was writing and, and researching, in particular writing for uh, this matchup between LSU and Florida, one of the things that I, I've noticed is, well, first of all, LSU's won seven out of the last ten games. They've won mm-hmm. three straight. Um, we talked about the zaniness and the wildness of this this rivalry, but I think those odds makers at Vegas are on to something. When it's two and a half points, they're basically telling you it's a pick 'em game. Yep. And I got I have Florida winning by two, nineteen to seventeen. I think this is going to be a low scoring game. That's, I mean, it sounds about right. I don't think they're too far-fetched, right? And I think that um, when you when you bring into the equation Billy Napier and Brian Kelly, two coaches that were sought after, yep. and they both of them probably really wanted the LSU job, and Napier didn't get it, as obviously. So now you know he's going to have that team ready and fired up and, and, and ready to, to, to do whatever it takes to win that game tonight. Mike Dettelier joining us now. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by Thibodeau, Thibodeau Sports Medicine Center. Mike, uh, we were just talking about Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, excuse me. Um, we were just talking about how this rivalry has been really zany in a lot of ways. And, you know, we, we talked so much two weeks ago before the Auburn game, the earthquake game, the bonfire. But, man, if you go back and look at the history of these two schools, um, there's some zany moments, a lot of zany moments in, 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 the, in this rivalry history. They hate one another. Ain't no dislike about this rivalry. It's outright hate. Um, years ago, I had a neighbor of mine, God bless him, he was he was a tremendous football player at LSU in the 60s, Joe LaBruza. And uh, Joe told me that uh, when they played in the 60s against Florida, uh, the coaches had told him, listen, when you're on the sidelines, make sure you wear your helmet. And he was like, what are you talking about? He said, I'm just telling you, wear your helmet. You're going to get stuff thrown at you. Um, but Joe was hard-headed. He was a great player, but he was hard-headed. So he didn't put his helmet on, and he said, I felt like a ping, ping, 
kind of come off my neck and the top of my head. And he said, next thing you know, uh, I got a quarter clip me uh, on top of my head. And I, I put my helmet on. He said, the good news is I collected about a dollar and 85 cents worth of change that day. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's outright hatred uh, between them. They had fights uh, before the games. Uh, in that, we, we almost lost Pete Jenkins one day in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, LSU had lost a difficult game. They went down to Gainesville. Uh, Tom Petty had had just passed away. And, man, they cranked it. It was the hottest day ever I can remember uh, in Gainesville for an October game. And, man, they, they cranked that up. Don't back down. And, man, you just sort of look in those players' eyes like, hey, we're not going to lose today. LSU ended up winning on a missed extra point by Eddie Panera, who went on to play in the NFL as a kicker. Uh, you had the situation with the hurricane that rearranged. You had a hard-headed athletic director at Florida that didn't want to change the game after LSU would say, well, we don't have hotels. Well, the hurricane missed them completely. It was a sunny day in Gainesville. But uh, he said, well, we don't have hotels to, to house you. And, you know, LSU was like, okay, we'll fly in, we'll play the game, and we'll get right back on the plane and come back. No, 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 I don't want to do it. And Man, it, it caused some issues, and now you got it ramped up big time because of Billy Napier. Corey Raymond's on this staff. Um, I don't know of a high school coach in Louisiana that didn't know who Corey Raymond was. You know, Corey was the defensive backfield coach, recruiting coordinator, and Corey knew everybody uh, in the state of Louisiana. And now you got them, you know, playing one another here. And for Billy, it's a big game. Billy's never going to tell you, but I will. He feels slighted that LSU didn't give him a sniff, didn't give him a sniff as a head coach. Um, you know, you need something to motivate you in life. <laughs> and for Billy, it don't take too much. Uh, so, you know, he wants to win this game badly. He recruits heavily in the state of Louisiana. And uh, I told him this summer, why are you in Louisiana? Look all that talent you got around you within about 100 miles from Gainesville, Florida. He's like, Mike, it's like a dude that's been fishing, you know, where to throw the line in that water. And he's got a couple backs, Dontrell Johnson from uh, De La Salle, and uh, certainly ATN, uh, you know, because Trevor, uh, you know, the brother was a tremendous football player, Travis, uh, at Clemson, and not well, first-round pick now playing with Jacksonville. Both those guys want to show up big, and it's a big part of this rivalry that you're starting to see now. You're going to have some Louisiana influence on that Florida Gator football team, it's uh, universal now, recruiting the way it is. So, yeah, it's been some zany moments. And, man, never forget Jacob Hester, right? Uh, that was the 5-for-5 right five five game. That was the 5-for-5 five five where Les went for it five times on, on fourth down and converted all five. Man, Les, Les was crazy like a loon, but that day he was a genius. Uh, <laughs> you know, because it worked. Uh, but, uh, man, you know, just a lot of different things happened, but, this is one of the more underrated rivalries in college football. And uh, I did the, the background on this, that this game over the last 10 years, now both these teams are in transition, but think about this. On yearly rivalry games in college football, the only rivalry game that has produced more NFL players has been Alabama-LSU, number two, at 139, LSU, Florida. 
And of the 139, 26 are former first-round picks. You don't think they had some talent on them field? And they got it today again. Uh, You know, might not be the numbers, but, boy, they got some talent. And, again, it has been uh, just some sort of weird twists and turns to this rivalry. And with Billy there now, it just raises kind of the, the level up even a little bit higher. Yeah, I I think that uh, LSU fans that were pro Billy Napier, if LSU loses this game, they're going to make their voices heard pretty loud, Mike. Yeah, you know, and listen, I think both teams got it right. I, I think Billy will do a great job at Florida. Um, and I always tease him about this. I was like, man, for a former wide receiver coach, why the hell you want to run the ball all the time? And he was always like, hey, coach, it works. And, you know, he always had – that three deep running back deal going on at UL. Mm-hmm. They ran the football extremely well, and Levi Lewis was he was a very efficient quarterback uh, for him uh, for the uh, Raging Cajuns. But you know what? He took that exact same philosophy to him at Florida. They, he does not have. That's the one thing in watching Florida. They don't have the bevy of receivers. Maybe they had in the past. Well, certainly they don't have it like. They did in the fun and gun era with Spurrier. But even when Urban was there, they had some really good receivers. That talent level, that's where they have to improve recruiting. Boy, they can run the football. they got a huge offensive line. They want to dictate um, the pace of the game by running the football, and they are three deep. The X factor here is Anthony Richardson. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, He was at Manning camp, and we got to spend some time together. And I think if you were to poll everybody there that watched him, he was the most physically gifted quarterback at Manning, and they had 45 starting college quarterbacks there. Huh. Here's the issue. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. He had only started one game to start this season, and he looked awesome against Utah in, in game one. But he's highly erratic as a passer. But, man, if I were to carve out a quarterback, it would look like Richardson. He's six foot four and a half. He's got 11-inch hands. He threw a football or throws the football like it's not like you can see it. You hear it. Man, it, it whizzed by your ear, and you're like, whoa. And who had Manning? And they had receivers there. Now, he don't work with these guys every day, so he's throwing to guys from – Nickel State and Southeastern and LSU and Tulane and, you know, Grambling and Southern and uh, UL and Southern Miss. Those guys were bracing their feet waiting to catch his pass. I mean, that's how much hum he had on him. But great athlete, super strong arm. He's built pen unbelievably well. Physically, he reminded – he's not as heavy as Josh Allen was when he came here. But, boy, he has a lot of the same traits athletically. It's just that he's been highly erratic throwing the football, and he is the X factor today. If he's on, LSU got no shot. Zero if he's on. Problem has yeah. been we haven't seen that, – that has been off and on all season long with him. I, I agree with you, Mike. He's definitely the X factor. I think another thing that's an X factor is the coaching staff. Like off the off the field, off the field, I think the coaching staff is is going to be an X factor. So 
based upon what you know of these two coaching staffs, right? So Brian Kelly comes in. He doesn't say anything to Kevin Falk or even um, Corey Raymond. Didn't have one conversation with those guys about them staying on with staff, right? He was sending other guys out to go and see their, their recruits that they were recruiting at the time. How do you think these guys at, you know, Corey Raymond, uh, the Jabbar Jaloub, um, yep. Billy Napier, those guys, how do you think they feel right now going up against this particular uh, LSU football team? And they, they really want to win it and kind of rub their nose in it. And I do think, you know, normally you get like a three-point uh, gig if you're at home. But even the odds makers didn't give them quite the three points, right? Right. It's, two and know, a half. In some places, it's two, two and a half. Uh, so I think that that built-in factor there, but also, too, Brian knows he wants to win this game. Yep. Because Brian does know one thing. They got a lot of players in the state of Florida. And I got bragging rights if I can beat Napier. But you write about with Jabbar Jaluk, with Corey Raymond, uh, with Billy. That Come on, human nature. You can say it didn't make any difference. I call BS on that. It did make a difference. Uh, you know, so I think those guys want to do it. They want to win this game today. I, my thing about it is I think both teams will run the football well today. Uh, Mike, I, I, I got Florida, it as a low-scoring game. Do you, I got it 19-17 Florida winning. I, I got it in the 20s. I, I don't think either team's going to stop each other running the ball. Uh, to be honest with you, Florida's defense is bad uh, against the run. Really, that, not very good. Now, that, I like what they got at corner. Uh, those two guys can play. They've always been well. Now, that safeties, you get over the top of them, you can hit some big plays. You really can. And if I'm LSU, I try to take advantage of that. Their safety play has not been good this year at all. That cornerback play has been. Uh, so, you know, I try to run it. I got a big offensive line if I'm Florida. If I'm LSU, I try to run it. Florida ain't stopped nobody uh, running the football all season long. So I, I think this game is a 20s game, like 28, 27, something like that, uh, where both teams are going to have some ebb and some flow. At the end of the game, it's going to come down to which quarterback made more plays than the other. Jaden Daniels, Anthony Richardson. I trust Richardson more than I do Daniels. I just do. Well, I, the, the I thing with like Richardson that. is when he's good, he's really good. But when he's off, he's really off uh, as a passer. And part of it, what I saw at Manning, because I, uh, I was with his group for a while, he throws every pass the same. Herb, you can't throw a 30-yard in cut the same as you do a two-yard flip downfield to the back. And and I'm not kidding you, those backs that were there to work with him, they were actually sort of almost dug their cleats in the ground, knowing that that ball was coming at them humming. Here's the crazy part. It takes a lot to impress kids, 15, 16, 17-year-olds. It takes a lot to impress those guys because they think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Man, I'm at Manning camp. What? You ain't better than me. We were, uh, Nikki Collins and I, we had the Manning Aaron out. Every time Richardson threw the football, those kids were up on their seat or standing to watch him throw it. Huh. Yeah. That, Mike. that to me, I, I told Nikki, man, you got something here. Because those kids, man, they were booing some of the college quarterbacks. <laughs> they, you know, it, you know, come on, for them, it's fun in games. 
but they didn't. All you heard was oohs and ahs about Richardson, and a lot of that was deeper stuff. So it played to his game uh, very, very well. With Jaden, come on, you got to trust your receivers here, you, and you got to get Booty involved. And for the receivers, catch the damn ball. You can't drop yep. it like Booty did early. And Jeray, come on, he's wide open, twenty yards downfield. The ball hits him in a bad spot between his hands, and he drops it. Uh, so whoever can make them the most plays at quarterback, that's who's going to end up in this game. I think if Razor close, I think it's like a 28-27 type game. And it may come down to special teams, and that make me sweat more than anything after watching LSU special teams. NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier. Mike, always a pleasure, man. Thank you. Thanks a lot, guys. Y'all take care. Thank you, Mike. Along with Herb Tyler, I'm Christian Garrick. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show here on WWL. You look at this game, in particular this matchup, we talked about how zany it's been, but it's also very petty. <laughs> yeah. It's petty amongst the fan base for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, Gator fans <laughs> love messing with LSU fans. Everybody's ga- Gator, you know, g- yep. Gator bait. Um, but this matchup in particular, like Mike was saying about the two quarterbacks, I don't – Herb, you know me. I, I can tend to be with LSU football uh, a little negative Nelly sometimes. Um, and if it comes down to who's going to make the bigger play at quarterback, I don't I don't think it's going to be Jaden Daniels. I don't, <laughs> I don't trust him as much. And, look, I, I don't want to sit here and bang on a – constantly bang on a 21-year-old, 20-year-old uh, amateur yeah. athlete. But yeah, you're it. playing in a – you're playing at a big-time school and a, a yeah. lot of eyes and a lot of – a lot of trust has, has been put into your hands, and uh, there's times where he wows you as an athlete. Okay, there's yeah. no, <laughs> yeah. you watch him, but then there's other times where, you know, you know, you played the position, you're going, what happened? Well, you know, I think you have every right to say what you're saying in regards to Richardson being slightly having a slight edge over Daniels, um, when it rec- in regards to this particular game tonight. Uh, Richardson is a freakish athlete. He can do anything he wants to with his with his feet, with his arm, whatever. The problem is he's just like Jaden. Sometimes he doesn't see anything, doesn't see the field very well, or if he does see it, maybe he can't locate the ball, put the ball in the right position, or place the ball in the right place. Um, th- th- uh, it's it's crazy because they're scarily similar. Um, I think when Daniels is good, he's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Richardson is good, he's great. All right. But there's too much in between. I'm about to say there is no in between. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah, yeah, the yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah. it's you know? either feast or famine. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. It's, there's no, there's no in between, and and so that's what I'm looking forward to. Actually, from both of these guys, really, I want to see what kind of maturation, what kind of growth they're going to have tonight against essentially the same types of defenses, same talent on a big stage. Let's see who can actually just be consistent. And I think that's what Mike was looking for when he was talking about. It. It's like. Whoever's going to make the, the, the most plays. So whoever's going to be, I don't know, 15 of 25 passing uh-huh. with 230 yards or whatever it is, it's going to be the guy that wins the game with no interceptions, right? Yeah. Um, however, you know, it, it's, it's, for me it's different because I'm looking at it from the intellect of the quarterback. So I'm, I'm in their helmets and trying to figure out yeah. what is it that they're seeing. Yeah, I wanted to ask you before we go to break, at the collegiate level, the progression – um, especially these days, is, has gotten a lot a lot more complicated as the years have gone on. But when you're going through your progression, 
Is it one of those things where eventually it clicks or hey, either you have it or you don't? Well, we, when I was playing, we ran a pro-style offense. Yeah. So it was reading the field from left to right, right to left, whatever it was. Very seldom where we bootleg. I say seldom, but where we would bootleg and then you just read that one side of the field yeah. when you're coming around. But uh, right now, I mean, you're looking at it all. You have to identify sides of the field. So first of all, you break it down at, at the pre-snap read, and that's one of the things that Jaden is not doing very well, in my opinion, for the most part, is you have to find identify the Mike linebacker, right? He generally will tell you, which side of the field is the weak side? Whatever side he's on, the opposite side is the weak side. And then now you need to know what plays you have going on, what concepts you have. And then you need to determine how does the other guys, whether the placement is, whether it's a deep safety yeah. or it's one-on-one, -on -one, everybody's down, man-to-man, -man, ready to jam or whatever. Then all of that stuff comes into play. But it's not hard. It's not difficult. It's whether or not you have the confidence and the wherewithal to understand that I did go through this during practice. I am very confident in what I'm about to do, and I'm going to trust my reads. And my feet and my, my, my eyes are going to take me where I need to go, right? And then just place the ball wherever it needs to go. A lot of times you'll see Daniels look and see, and he'll stare at this number one or number two receiver for two seconds. And by that time, they're gone. The window is away. And then he's still trying to figure out whether I should throw it or not. And then there's a, either a sack or he's late on running the football. And so it's just a matter of just, just trusting in what you've done throughout the week in preparation so you can just get rid of the football. And that allows you to play with rhythm, right? Rhythm, confidence, belief in yourself. The teammates start to rally around you. You make three or four good passes in a row. I mean, you just have, you just feel like you're on top of the world at that point. He's Herb. I'm Christian. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show right here on WWLAMFM.com and the Odyssey app. Coming up next hour, Jordy Collada from the Jordy Collada Show as we break down LSU and Florida in the swamp in Gainesville this afternoon, or I should say this evening at 6 p.m. And we want to take your calls. Do you think it's going to be a close game or a lopsided win for either the Gators or for LSU? 504-260-1870. Last week, Herb, a lot of people were talking about how close it was. And I don't mean to thump my own chest here, but I don't know if you remember. I said, this is going to get ugly for, for yeah, LSU. you say that. You say that. And I didn't think it would, but it did. Because I, I thought we'd at least score some points early. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't. Yeah. I, I just – I know a, a matchup when I see one in particular with that offense that, that came to Baton Rouge last week with yeah. Hendon Hooker. And, and, heck, they were without uh, their stud. And I just think it was a bad matchup. And I think this matchup this week, today, you pointed out, uh, astutely so, how similar these teams are. Very similar. And I think last week, going back to that for a second, I was under the impression that, okay, this is the game that we kind of – Mature as an offense. Because that player's only meeting, right? That, that's right. We were thinking about that. Okay, well, they, they got to get better. There's no way they can't go back or regress. They went <laughs> went backwards, literally. And so this week, I can't say the same, but they did have another meeting this week. Yeah. Now, I don't know what that meeting was about. I it, I don't know. You, you can meet, meet, meet all you want, but you got to <laughs> meet on the field and make it happen. <laughs> yeah. So right now, at this present moment, I'm not quite sure what offense is going to show up. I know Mike is saying it's going to be run, 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 and they should be able to run on Florida, but this is the fifth different combination of offensive line to play this year to start. That's so the biggest <laughs> stat out there. That's, That's right. the biggest stat out there. There's no continuity up front. There's none up front. And then even when there is some continuity, somebody goes down or yeah. the or the quarterback's holding the ball too long or the receiver's dropping the ball. I mean, so it's so many different things that need to happen and occur at one time for them to be successful or not. They've only had the same offensive line combination for one game. One game. One game. There's only been one offensive lineman that started every game thus far. Uh, and he started at four different positions. <laughs> yeesh. You're not making me feel too good there, Herb. 
All right, let's go meet. We're going to have our own meeting. Let's go have a meet. <laughs> this is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.